This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now, as we speak, it has been announced that Boris Johnson is resigning as Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. He has not yet made his resignation speech. The cameras and journalists and microphones are outside outside Downing Street, but it is the end of an extraordinary saga. And to discuss the implications of it, it's a pleasure to welcome John Kampfner to the programme, one of the most distinguished British journalists, former chief political correspondent with the Financial Times, a political uh, reporter, commentator for BBC's Today radio programme, and of course, Newsnight uh, television programme. John is now executive director of Chatham House, a respected London think tank. John, this is a remarkable man, and this is a remarkable story and it is having a remarkable ending. Yeah, I wouldn't use that. I mean, remarkable, I suppose one could say that, Amen. It's a sort of neutral term. Um, I would regard this as a reckless man yes. and it is coming to a sordid ending. Uh, and in keeping with him, he is dragging the country down with him as he is doing it. He's being dragged, kicking and screaming. He's even trying to cling on until the end of September yes. uh, and the time of the next Conservative Party conference. His whole career has been about himself and his own personal advancement. And, and really what is remarkable about the last three or four days and this latest in many uh, scandals is not that his character has changed at all. In fact, you could say he's been remarkably consistent all the way through. It's the fact that many conservatives, I mean, some had rumbled him a long time ago, but many of them, including those closest to him, who were prepared to go on TV and radio every five minutes to defend him in the increasingly sort of quixotic terms, they've now finally um, had enough. So it's a, in a way, it's the circumstances and the party that's changed rather than he has. Yes, indeed. And uh, a man, uh, as you say, for with a very long track record uh, for character reasons. Max Hastings wrote a very famous piece. I'd say it's 10 or 15 years ago. Max Hastings had been his editor and uh, sacked him, I think, for uh, plagiarism or making copy up when he was European correspondent. Hastings damned him, said he was useless, deceitful, and would wreck anything he touched. And that has proved to be 
the case. I mean, we know from our own experiences here with the Northern Ireland Protocol, which he clearly he signed an agreement with the EU. He had no intention uh, of honouring. He ripped it up, and it could cause very serious problems in this country. I just wonder, John, you've got such vast experience internationally. This is a very bad look for Britain if you're watching from Moscow or indeed from Beijing. Yeah, but the bad look, I mean, this is the denouement of the Johnson era. It's not in itself anything new. Um, You know, the bad look for Britain started in 2016. And as I have been saying pretty much consistently throughout, it was not just the fact of the referendum result in which uh, Johnson was one of the guilty men, but by no means the only one. I mean, David Cameron initiated a referendum in which voters were asked two questions, one the status quo and the other something quite different. And at the same time, he made clear that there would be no preparations whatsoever for that something different, Yes. uh, otherwise known as Brexit. From that point, we had chaos. Uh, Johnson led the political opportunism that was the undoing of Theresa May, who rather haplessly tried to put lipstick on this pig and and, and make uh, make it somehow work. Um, But ever since then, it's not just the sort of chaos. It's been this deliberate needling, this deliberate flouting of international law, sort of turning disruptiveness into an art form. Yes. Um, And there will be considerable relief, no no jubilation. There will be considerable relief at his departure. Um, But at the same time, that will be tempered by who takes over from him. because particularly with regard to Europe, I mean, other issues of, of global politics, I think, are far more, um, far less likely to change, whether it's uh, strong support for Ukraine, which has been popular and effective, whether it's a tougher line towards China, whether it's any of the other big goals, such as climate and, 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 and other issues. They're likely to outlast him, and they're sort of embedded in the system. But the key is going to be, is Britain finally going to grow up and realize that even outside the EU, it's got to have good working relations. But that will depend on who takes over. Um, Has he hollowed out the Tory party, uh, John, ridding politics of decent, centrist Tories? Um, Has the the right, I mean, I'm thinking about uh, Steve Baker, Andrew Bridge and people like that, extreme Brexiteers who were spear carriers in his uh, revolution, but people in the cabinet, like Nadine Doris, who wanted to privatize Channel 4 and said she was taking the license fee away from the BBC, Liz Truss, who is foreign secretary now, and Manny would say not up to it, did he surround himself, as many people are suggesting, by really political pygmies who couldn't challenge him uh, and indeed wouldn't be in any other cabinet except his? The short answer to that question, Eamon, is yes. Um, I don't think I could put it any better than than, than you did. Um, uh, he prized, um, how can I put it, sort of uh, immediate visceral political loyalty over yes. everything else. He wanted yes men and women and people who would go, go out into the media and effectively lie for him pretty much every day. And, you know, the final uh, straw, the scandals surrounding... 
uh, Chris Pincher, um, a previously unheard of um, middle-ranking uh, MP who was promoted to deputy chief whip, in other words, a, a, a position in which uh, party discipline and pastoral care yes. was important. And this person had, to put it politely, um, sexual molestation previous. Um, uh, and Johnson knew it, um, nevertheless promoted him, got all his people out to lie on his behalf that he didn't know anything about it when, when trouble brewed, um, simply because he wanted to promote somebody who had done his bidding for him. His populist efforts, endeavours, first of all, secured Brexit, and secondly, John, secured an 80-seat majority, which was the biggest majority since uh, Margaret Thatcher post the Falklands War. He had an appeal to British people and that was extraordinary, really. And he had an appeal to certain people. Yes. Um, he um, was very lucky in his choice of um, opponents. Corbyn, so his 20, yes. 2019 general election, I mean, Donald Duck would probably have been yes. Jeremy Corbyn. Um, and he was very lucky in that. It also partly because of COVID and partly because of other factors uh he in um keir starmer had somebody who was incredibly tentative yes. and not and not taking him on and he had a tory party that was exhausted from all the traumas and hadn't produced and still hasn't produced the sort of single big name uh, that is the obvious candidate to take over from him so he presided over this desultory stage um yes with a large majority but not with a particularly strong uh, political mandate and his opinion poll ratings almost from the moment he walked into number 10 were among the most disastrous in, in modern political history. So this it's a bit of a myth, this idea of his personal popularity. How much damage has he done to Britain? I speak from the perspective of somebody living in Ireland who'd be fairly Eurosceptic but would not countenance the kind of behaviour as getting a deal on Brexit, getting Brexit done on his own timescale, having to agree the Northern Protocol, which he had no intention of honouring. This kind of behaviour is damaging to Britain, isn't it? Um, yes and no. Um, I mean, yes. Um, but it does. the extent of it does depend a little bit on the nationality of the person that you're talking to. Yes. So um, definitely with regard to... Um, most Europeans, absolutely. I mean, you know, Britain, clown country, party island, all yes. these derogatory terms um, that were increasingly um, being used. Um, at the same time, people in the Baltics, Poland, yes. um, uh, the Nordics, you know, he came out with a security guarantee for Sweden and Finland before yes. anybody else did. Um, so certain elements of, of Eastern, Central and Northeastern uh, Europe, um, uh, even if they thought he was um, sort of slightly bonkers, um, sort of thought there was a sort of agility and courage um, to that. Not to mention, of course, his massive popularity in Ukraine yes. for being more forthright than others. And we've talked about this in previous uh, yes. discussions, you know, that, it, you know, it is... Uh, it, even very strong detractors such as myself need to really acknowledge 
that. Um, and also, um, if one did a quick tour d'horizon of, of the world, um, the people such as in Hong Kong, where he absolutely opened Britain up, um, you know, yes. this country that's supposed to, supposed to be clamping down on immigration, absolutely opened the door for Hong Kong citizens after the recent clampdown. Um, so there are little... Yes, there uh, are. Pockets, yes, undoubtedly. But, but absolutely, the, 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 the sort of sense that the characteristics, which were always a bit cliched, attributed to Britain, reliability, pragmatism, just get things done, um, solid, these sorts of terms that were seen as synonymous with Britain and British foreign policy up to maybe, um, I mean, it could be Brexit, but you could also say the rot started set in with the Iraq war and Tony Blair. Yes. um, At some point, Britain lost those, or at least they were severely diminished, and it was instead just seen as a sort of mini-Trumpian disruptive power. that will take a pretty Herculean task to to change those perceptions. Um, but, you know, I think depending on who takes over, I think if Liz Truss takes over um, or other more, even more exotic candidates, um, <laughs> uh, you know, that will be, um, you know, uh, curious um, to say the least. And I don't think there'll be much improvement. But there are other candidates who would denote quite a significant change. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The task of a new Tory leader, new prime minister, is um, immense, is it not? I mean, the British economy, the OECD estimate that only Russia 
will grow less this year. I mean, and he wants to spend, he wanted to spend um, even more, but it has got serious problems on its own. And of course, the outcome of Brexit for the British economy has not been good either. No, and so it's, it's, a, it's a massive um, intray. I mean, a lot of the challenges, a lot of the crises at the moment are generic to all countries. You know, we have the effects of Ukraine. Yes. We have um, Putin uh, potentially running rampant over other countries outside or possibly even, God forbid, inside NATO. Um, we've got the resulting food crisis, energy crisis, uh, the ongoing climate crisis, demography, migration crises. There's a lot that everyone, every world leader is having to deal with. But then if you add on top of that the specifics of Brexit um, and the fact that they've exacerbated an already weak uh, economic uh, situation uh, that Britain has in common with other countries, but it's made it worse in Britain. That's an enormous set of tasks. And one can just only hope that there will be a sort of grown-up in the office that will deal with them. Yeah, the... The question of where Britain goes now, does it depend on the new leader or is there something that has happened to Britain in a way that something more dramatic perhaps has happened to the United States of America in terms of polarization? I don't, I lived in Britain for almost 20 years and I don't recognize some elements in this Tory party, for example, I don't I see in, say, someone like Dominic Grieve, former attorney general, a centrist, uh, cultivated, civilized, decent man. This cabinet that he has assembled, it's hard to recognize uh, these people as fit for office, not just Johnson, but the people he surrounded himself by. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, but, you know, these things can change. Um, you know, countries can go into troughs. Um, you know, it wouldn't, if there was a, a sensible uh, conservative leader, even in Brexit circumstances, such as Jeremy Hunt or Tom Tugendhat or others, you know, it wouldn't take long for the, you know, for, uh, you know, for a start, some of these people have become sort of raging populist just to fit in with the times and to curry favor with with Johnson. So there's an opportunity question there. There's also a point about, you know, maybe a new generation of conservatives, um, you know, might rethink things, particularly if, as according to the current opinion polls, um, they lose the next general election and a very different government, a rather doer pragmatic government under, you know, uncharismatic yes. government under Keir Starmer um, gets in, then I, you know, I think we could, we could enter another, another political cycle. Um, but, you know, it, it is a, a fascinating question, you know, longer term, more sociological questions about Britain's, that's what we're doing at Chatham House, this project called the UK and the world, you know, yes. what, what exactly is Britain's role? Um, you know, 2030 and beyond, you know, are we a, you know, m you know, medium sized country? Do we belong to Europe? Do we not? What happens when the queen dies? You know, and that whole yes. sort of sense of this one centripetal force keeping the country together, what happens to Ireland? What happens to Scotland? You know, there are some huge, huge questions um, that this particular leader has made a whole lot worse but he didn't invent them. Yes, and, and I mean, he, the, the, the union is a big one. 
with the Scottish sort of push uh, yeah. for independence led by Nicola Sturgeon. It's uh, the polls are slightly against her, but it's only a couple of percentage points in it. Johnson was a particularly aggravating character to the Scots, I think. Uh, but the union is central, isn't it, to uh, at the, to the United Kingdom? Well, it's it is absolutely central, but it's also there are other factors. So the so-called leveling up agenda. Um, <laughs> poor old Gove is gone. He's been leveled down. Gone. I know. Um, another piece of, of Brutus style. Yes. You know, I've, I've lost count of the amount of times each of them have knifed the other. Yes. Um, uh, but, you know, within England, uh, huge discrepancies always have been. They've got a whole lot worse in the decade of austerity. And a country that I know well, Germany, where there were two completely different political and economic systems, um, 30 years after unification and the dissolution of the GDR, the wealth disparities between the people who used to live in the communist East and the people who uh, were in the capitalist West are less stark than the differences between the north of England and London and the southeast. Yes. And, you know, we didn't have, last time I looked, different um, political systems. So uh, there are these really, really deeply ingrained issues, but also, I mean, just on the fundamentals of economics, Britain's, as you say, the economy's in dire straits, just one notch up from Russia and the OECD tables. It's hugely overborrowed to pay for, as other countries have, the pandemic um, and other factors as well. Uh, there's a big sort of uh, right-wing conservative push to cut taxes. Well, if you cut taxes, you either have to borrow more or you have to cut spending, uh, which would be hugely unpopular in those constituencies where the Tories are still trying to curry favour in the North. So there are massive, massive economic, and these, I would say, uh, will be at least as important as the foreign policy challenges um, for, for, for the new person. And so whoever that person is will have a massive intray, but one can only hope that there will be a more rational and reasonable and more mainstream person who will engender a little bit more trust, but that trust will take a long time to be rebuilt. Yes, I, I'm going to let you go now because I know how busy you are, John. just going to remark on Nadim uh, Zahawi, who was appointed Chancellor by Boris Johnson yesterday and whose first action uh, on being appointed Chancellor by Boris Johnson was to say to Johnson, I think you should go, Prime Minister. But that's well, just... <laughs> it reminds me, actually, it predates the events of the last 48 hours, but a German friend of mine um, during the Brexit machinations parliamentary crises of, of 2018 and 19 um, used to say to me, or said to me once, uh, that she had given up her Netflix subscription because she had all the um, entertainment she needed watching British politics. <laughs> and I must say, there may well have been some further net Netflix uh, cancellations over the last 24, 48 hours, because if theatre... If the theatre of the absurd is what you want, you don't need to look anything any further than British politics. Now, a final question about Johnson. Um, as a distinguished journalist yourself, John, uh, does he even have a future as a journalist? I was never particularly impressed by anything I read by him, but people kept saying um, one of our uh, contributors, Peter Oberon, who I know 
you'll know of, worked for him and with him at The Spectator. And Peter said to us that he was he was tempted to use the word genius uh, about his journalism. I, I never saw that. Has he sort of immolated himself? No, uh, I, mean, I, I mean, I worked with him too. I was his opposite adversary when at I was the at the New Statesman. I started out um, at the at Telegraph. At the New Statesman, of course, yeah. And, and Did you like him? I like him, no, not particularly. I just thought he was a, Spiv. a sort of upper class twit, really. Yes. Um, I just, you know, just one of these is, you know, this is one of the worst traits of a particular type of Brit. Yes. This sort of bombast will get you everywhere. You know, it got him into the sack with all kinds of women. Yes. And it got him all kinds of promotions above his um, capabilities. Uh, it is a particularly. British trait. Yes. But no, I'm absolutely sure he's got a big book deal to finish off his um, Shakespeare, what, isn't his it? Shakespeare book. I don't even know if he started it. Oh no, he will he will make an absolute mint on the lecture circuit. He'll have some one of these sort of uh, right wing TV stations will have him as a right. sort of presenter. And oh no, you ain't you know. I mean, you ain't seen the end of him yet by any means. But hopefully, you've seen the end of him with any position of responsibility. Okay. Um, uh, John, we're extremely grateful to you. We know how busy you are. John Kampfner is executive director of Chatham House, which is a think tank in London, a very uh, respected uh, think tank. And, of course, a journalist with a long uh, and illustrious uh, career. Uh, and he ain't going nowhere. So we're very grateful to John, to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.